RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and it is recaps and reaction week as we're on the heels of Valor 85 that went down this past Friday night, August the 6th, from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, joined by my co-host, Justin Watts. Justin, it is a skeleton crew here tonight. Just you and I on this recap show to, to bat it back and forth uh, as we get ready to go into Chattanooga next week. So it's uh, the full picks panels back next week uh, for Chattanooga picks on Valor 86. But we got to got to close the books on 85 first, set the table, let, uh, let the listeners know where we where our picks panel stood coming into this on points. And we'll get into this bad boy. All righty. So coming in, Greg was in the lead with 21 points. Hobbs right at his tail with 19 uh, each each uh, panelist gets two points for picking the correct fighter, and they get one bonus point should they get the uh, method of victory correct. So to start us out, Taylor Burton's opponent drops out, so Darren Hastings steps in to do a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match, 215-pound uh, catch weight, and it goes to a draw. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Minard originally supposed to be in this one to fight Taylor Burton. He no-shows. And uh, come to come to find out, this is the you know he had no showed on me before, but I didn't recall that the first time he no showed on me was also against Taylor Burton. Had I realized that, I probably would have never even booked him, booked it, put him in that spot again because Burton was just in the same position uh, last time when his opponent pulled out at the last minute. He's got the worst luck. I hate it for him. Uh, so uh, I'll take it on the chin for this one because this is the second time Miner's done it to me. The second time I let you do it to me, it's, that's my fault. So uh, uh, props to Darren for stepping in and, and at least letting Taylor get some cage time in there. They go to a draw. Both guys had some decent moments. Neither guy able to really turn it on. I think had it been slap grappling, maybe we could have. Got that that uh, some opening some things opened up a little bit more, but we're gonna uh, get, we're gonna do more than slap next time because uh, we just confirmed we haven't announced it yet, but for September third, uh, Taylor Burton and Darren Hastings will go at it again with the little gloves on. It'll be a full on MMA fight, and both these guys are uh, you know they're reliable when they say they're committed, so I don't worry about Burton not having uh, an opponent when it comes time in September. Uh, your take on this one? Yeah, man. I mean, it was a very close jiu-jitsu match, you know, back and forth the whole time. Um, both guys had their moments and, you know, just ended up in stalemates everywhere. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the MMA fight between them. Like you say, these guys are uh, two guys that, that are definitely going to be there. They're going to come to fight. Um, they already have a little bit of familiarity between each other. So the feeling out process may may not take much time. They might get in there and just start throwing hammers right away or get back to the ground. But um, I think it's going to be a good fight. Looking forward to that one. Next up, we had a uh, tag team BJJ match. Uh, to a 375-pound weight limit team, 10th Planet from Decatur, James Cole and Travis Thomas uh, win with three submissions inside of regulation over Team Mountaineer Trevor Blankenship and Justin Joseph out of Princeton, West Virginia. So that was our first time doing the tag team in the cage. So I was excited to see how that would go. Uh, 10th Planet, man, they're just – 
they, they are so active every week. They're doing something. Uh, this particular incarnation of the team had not done a tag team battle yet, but we'd seen Travis Thomas a lot in quartets, and he is a killer. Uh, first time we'd had James Cole, though. So uh, these guys, uh, they took on Mountaineer, uh, Trevor Blankenship, Justin Joseph from up in West Virginia. And now Blankenship uh, has done a good amount of slap grappling in there. So he had some experience, but neither team had done tag team. And there, we say it all the time, the strategy aspect of tag team is is uh, of the utmost importance. Uh, you'll sometimes see the lesser lesser skilled grapplers win because they know how to play it right as far as the strategy goes. Uh, Team Mountaineer just uh, didn't make use of their tags the way they needed to. They got subbed uh, three to nothing with at least two of those coming, in my opinion, within tagging range. Uh, just didn't uh, just didn't use it, but I know they'll, they'll learn from it. And as we do more and more of these, I think we will see it evolve more and the strategy will improve and you're going to start. There's a lot of uh, um, uh, chance, I think, for us to see some real exciting shit down the line once these teams all kind of get uh, caught up to the to the way they want to play this thing. Uh, what was your take? Yeah, it was super exciting. You know, like like you said, uh, um, there was some missed tag opportunities that where guys were stuck in in some submissions and could have reached out and got the tag and gotten a double team for five seconds. But, um, you know, first time they're, they're doing it, it's a new thing. It's hard to get those those little things in your head. You know, it's just a new new concept to everybody. So um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these advanced teams that get in there really knowing, you know, their strategy and, and practicing for this and, you know, in the gym, putting each other in bad situations and being able to drag to a tag and, you know, trying to figure some of those things out. Like you say, I think that it, it can make up for some, some real interesting stuff, man, down the line. Um, Greg and Hobbs both took 10th planet inside regulation, getting all the points on that one. Next up, we had catch weight, 195 pounds. Justin Mays out of KMA gets a first round TKO over David Bryant, uh, independent. Yeah, uh, both guys uh, coming in for the first time, so we didn't really know what to expect. Uh, it was uh, Justin Mays uh, getting the fight to the ground fairly early, establishing a, a dominant position and just never letting up, uh, unleashing some big ground and pound, uh, keeping Bryant's uh, limbs uh, in check uh, where he just couldn't get out of there. Um, uh, threw a headbutt at one point, I noticed. It was right in front of me, and, uh, and I wasn't sure if I saw it right at the time uh, because it was, it was like uh, there was about a – it's what seemed like an eternity, but was in reality probably about 20 second to 25 second span where Bryant just like was holding Justin May's hands and gloves there. And he just like couldn't get his he just couldn't get his hands out to like, you know, begin raining down punishment. And so there was like this weird little awkward moment where he looks up, and he kind of looks around and then he just slams his forehead down into Bryant's uh, forehead and then started unleashing some really big ground and pound, really heavy shots. Uh, referee steps in, stops fight, and Justin Mays is 1-0. Uh, he's a guy that I'm curious if he's going to you know, keep it up, if he's going to keep uh, competing because he, he's been training a long time. He's been training for, for near a decade, if not longer. So uh, this being his first fight, we'll see if he's uh, got, the, got uh, the itch to do it again. Or if he's a one and done, uh, as for David Bryan, he seemed to be in pretty good spirits afterwards. Said he's going to get back to the drawing board, uh, work on some improvements, and uh, and get back to it uh, and, and get back in there and do another one here down the road. Uh, what's your take? That was an interesting one, man. Justin Mays was on fire. He, was, he came out hot, ready to go, gets the takedown right next to me. Like, right, you know, I could have reached out and scratched his forehead if I wanted to, but he was digging the chin in. And like you say, man, just 
pow, it's a headbutt, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just, it was awkward. I, I'm like, yeah, I kind of had to, like, did, did I really just see what I saw? It, it wasn't, right. it was pretty, it was very inconsequential. It wasn't like a, you know, a debil- debilitating shot or anything like that. It was more just like a little nudge, but um, just, just something that you don't see every day. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Mays back in there for sure, man. He, you know, he looks like he's got, you know, a lot of heart and um, got a, got a mean streak inside of him for sure. So be good to see him back. Um, Greg drops that one. Hobbs gets the points for taking Mays on there. Next up, we had welterweights. Uh, Jack Schwartz, another debut out of KMA, gets another first-round TKO uh, over Chris Kinnett, uh from Mountain City. Yeah, uh, another debut for KMAA. We'd seen Jack Schwartz do the Hydra Cup before, so I knew he had a little uh, grappling background. Um, I believe he's a student, too. And so uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, he was able to get Kanet uh, down pretty quick. For the majority of the round, Kanet was defending pretty well, uh, you know, not really advancing his position or having offense, but doing a decent job of, of limiting the damage. Of, of Schwartz, but then with about 30, 40 seconds left to go in the round, Schwartz really kind of got got him opened up a little bit and, and was uh, starting to, to throw a lot of strikes that Kinnett wasn't defending. And uh, with literally one second to go, 259 of round number one, referee Chris Von steps in and stops it. Uh, good stoppage. It looked to me, I couldn't tell from my angle, but it looked to me like Kinnett was out for a moment. He wasn't after I went back and watched it, but uh, was very tired, taking a lot of damage at that point. And uh, you can tell he was disappointed with that loss. But uh, we'll see uh, what's next for Jack Schwartz. Got some potential there. Uh, showed some pretty good grappling, fairly heavy ground and pound. And, uh, you know, excited to see him back in there. Well, yeah, uh, for what's sure. your, uh, what's your, your, your stance on this one? For sure, man. Just the relentless pressure of Schwartz. You know, he was just – even if, if uh, the referee would have allowed it to go into the next round, I, I don't know that we would have seen the next round. Um, I think Kinnett was pretty spent and – you know, it, it, it's not easy get having somebody Roger like that, right. just trying to trying to keep from getting punched in the face that whole time. So and and Kinnett had retired on his stool the last fight, so there's exactly. a good chance we would have maybe saw that again. Right. So um, impressive show from Jack Schwartz, though uh, another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, an amateur that's put together. He's got you know solid skill set, um, and you know we could see him see him do some fun stuff in the future. Uh, both of our panelists took Schwartz on that one. Hobbs gets the extra point going by TKO. Next up, we have welterweights, 170 pounds, as Dustin Bailey out of Team Manon gets a first-round rear-naked choke over Retavius Thrasher from Train to Go uh, in somewhere in New York. Uh, Poughkeepsie. So, okay. uh, yeah, Retavius Thrasher, that was an awesome name. Definitely the best name of the night, that's for sure. And I didn't really know what to expect out of this one. Uh, we'd seen Bailey before at Primal Combat and knew that he was a good grappler. All those guys that come down from Team Man and are, are fucking good grapplers. And, um, you know, he he goes to 2-0, and man. He takes him right down, and he gets that rear naked choke in just 27 seconds. Really just ran through Thrasher. And uh, so I'd like to see Thrasher back, maybe with a guy that'll stand and strike a little bit with him and, and kind of see what he's got there but i thought bailey really kind of turned some heads with just how quickly he got that one and the first time he fought he got another quick submission too uh he's a pretty big strap in 170 i think he cuts a decent amount of weight good shape and uh he's a guy that uh we'll talk about a little bit more uh at the in the main event uh situation uh what, what did you think about dustin bailey oh yeah man like like you said there's not much you can say with a 24 second finish 27 second finish whatever it was um flawless performance you know he is a big put together guy and another another guy who's 
an early uh, amateur, but you know has a has a broad skill set behind him. Uh, wonderful jujitsu. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be be fun to see what we get from from Dustin next. Um, let's see. Both of our panelists took Bailey by submission on that one. Both getting all the points there. Next up, featherweights, 145 pounds. As Alex Stock from KMA gets their second round rear naked choke over Russell House of the School of Martial Arts in Oak Ridge. This is a pretty fun one. Um, the striking exchanges were fairly close, I thought, but uh, Stock just able to to really uh, dominate in the grappling exchanges where uh, Russell House, uh, he's the head instructor at the School of Martial Arts there. So I think more of a traditional martial artist. You could tell uh, his striking wasn't wasn't too bad, but just, uh, you know, had a, a rudimentary ground game, I thought, where he was able to, for the most part, um, you know, survive down there uh, when when under pressure from Alex Stock. Uh, Alex Stock, you know, we talked about last week coming off that uh, horrific arm break. Uh, from uh, earlier in the year. So, I mean, he came out there really uh, wanting to put his foot on the gas. There was one moment where he was going for a key lock that, I mean, he was going, he had that thing sunk in there. And I thought that uh, House should certainly tap, but House got out of it. Uh, and but St- we were watching, I was like, man, Stock remembers that injury. He's looking to put it on somebody else here. Uh, Stock eventually got him out of there with that rear naked choke in the second round, uh, late in the second round, about 35 seconds to go. But, uh, you know, what I recall the most about this fight is that both these dudes were like cheesing the whole time. Like stock had, or not stock, the house has like this kind of creepy <laughs> smile going on. Even when he's getting pummeled, he's like cheesing, grinning ear to ear. He's having a good time in there and stock was having a good time too. So these guys probably between them had the most fun in the cage and uh, stock moves to two and one and uh, will be uh, you know, a solid prospect to watch out for. Russell House at 0-2 will be one of those guys when we talk about him in the future that, like, you still got to watch out for him at 0-2. He's not, you know, he's no slouch. Yeah, I was super impressed with Alex Stock's uh, ability to come back after that injury, like you said. I mean, it was a pretty gruesome injury. It's a pretty big bone to snap your humerus, and um, to, to come back, I mean, it seems like it was – it honestly doesn't even seem like he's had time to for that thing to heal. I know. It feels like it was like – it was like – I want to say we talked about it last week, and I feel like it maybe been March. Yeah. Yeah, so five months. Um, that's wild, man. And then, you know, not only to, to rehab the bone, but there's, there's some mental issues that you have to deal with there as well. You know, you want to go back in there and, and something like that happen again. And um, But, man, that kid came out ready to fight and – uh, pushed the pressure and had an excellent performance. I was uh, I was very impressed with with Alex Stock in in that performance. Um, let's see, Hobbs gets the points for taking Stock. Nobody, no one gets the extra points on that one. Next up, we had middleweights, 185 pounds, as Jalel Portis, 0 and 2 out of Team Chaos, gets the first round rear naked choke over Hunter Robbins out of Engineered Fitness in Oneida, Tennessee. So. Um you know, Robbins brought a pretty good little fan base there. We talked about that last week. He had he had a, quite a few people there to see him from Oneida, Scott County. Um, young man and, uh, you know, uh, well put together. Seemed like he was confident, um, you know, going into this thing. But we didn't know what to expect because uh, it's the first time we'd seen him fight. He wasn't coming really out of a gym that we're familiar with. So, you know, it was just kind of a mystery. Jalil Portis, the younger brother of the champ, Samaj Portis, um, 0-2 coming into this, but uh, you know, uh, obviously trained with those guys at Team Chaos, and they're on a, they're on a roll. So he was he was feeding off that. 
uh, he's a character, man. Portis is a, he is a Portis, uh, but he's, he's very, very, uh, boisterous character. Uh, you know, funny guy, outspoken and, uh, was able to come out here and, uh, get to take down very quickly, uh, submit, uh, tra- uh, uh, transition to the back, get a rear naked choke in about a minute 43. It looks like, uh, over Robbins, uh, Robbins just very green still. Uh, you can tell that, you know, he's athletic. He's a strong kid. But just a lot of kind of basic mistakes made in the grappling exchanges there uh, against Portis that uh, that cost him. It sounds like he was very motivated afterward uh, to get back in there and improve uh, on uh, on where uh, he fell short here and, and get back in there and get that taste out of his mouth, which is good to hear from a young kid. You don't want to see him quit after one. Uh, word was he was talking to those Hobbs uh, Jackson Wing guys about going out there and getting some work in with them after uh, after this one. So hopefully we see him back as for Jaleel Portis. He goes to one and two now and uh, got a, got an impressive win, got some momentum. His team's hot, and uh, we'll see what's next for him. Yeah, Jalil looked great, man. Both these guys were, were put together, like you said, and um, didn't know really what to expect out of uh, out of Robbins. But, um, you know, we know Jaleel comes from a tough team and, you know, has, hasn't gotten the win yet, but he's, he's you know, going to come out there and, and give it his best. And um, like you said, the, the technique is really where what separated it pretty quickly. Um, if you don't, if you haven't been in the, in the room wrestling and grappling, uh, it's pretty easy just to get run over by somebody. And it's pretty, pretty much what happened. I think, um, just the time in the room for Jaleel is, is, is what paid dividends there. Uh, so that was a great performance. Uh, Greg gets the points for taking Portis on that one. Next up, we had catch weight 140 pounds as Dylan Smith out of KMA gets a, another first round uh, finish up for KMA. Rear naked choke this time over Dustin Garrett out of DC Combat in Murfreesboro or Murphy, North Carolina. Well, we, we, we talked last week about how this one would probably be good uh, scrambles. Both these guys, talented grapplers, good engines. And uh, we got it didn't last that long. And it, it ended about a minute and a half in. But honestly, that minute and a half was. It's pretty good. There, there, there was a lot of transitions, a lot of good scrambles. Both those guys uh, going at it a mile a minute. Uh, Dustin Garrett is uh, very hard to wrangle, but uh, once Dylan Smith was able to wrangle him, uh, he took his back, got that rear naked choke uh, a little over a minute and a half in, moves to 2-0, and oh, and uh, will make the quick turnaround. He will be on this September 3rd card uh, going against a fellow from uh, Jimmo in uh, North Carolina named uh, Brent Williams. So uh, you'll watch for Dylan Smith uh, back in September there as he tries to get to three and zero. Working on something for Dustin Garrett. He's always ready to go, man. Dustin Garrett's ready ready to fight uh, again in September. So we'll see when we can't get him matched up again. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he stays busy, man. Dustin Garrett's ready to fight anytime, and uh, his record is now three and three. But I mean, if you get Dustin Garrett, you know you're going to get a tough fight. You're going to get a guy that is going to bring it, and if, uh, you know if you can get him out of there, cool. But you know you're going to have to work to do it. Exactly, man. That's one of the, the biggest things that stood out to me for Dylan Smith. There was, like you said, there, it was a wild, uh, wild scrambles, you know, for the majority of the of the fight. Um, and that's what Dustin Garrett does. He's he's got he's excellent in the scramble. He's fast. He doesn't stop. Uh, keeps trying to find you know the better position. And uh, Dylan Smith was just just out scrambled him. Uh, got the back and gets the rear naked choke. Dustin Garrett's not an easy easy out for anybody, like I say, and um, to beat him and get get a first round finish in your debut is is pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to uh, his upcoming fight with with the cat from Jimmo too. That should be fun. 
Um, looks like both these guys took uh, Dustin Garrett on that one, so no points awarded there. Oh, wow. Next up, we had uh, Bantamweights, 135 pounds, as Josh Delgadillo, 3-3 three and three out of Team Chaos, takes the majority decision over Cody Noel, 1-0 out of Hobbs, Jackson, Wink, and Concord. This was the best fight of the night. Uh, this is fight of the night in my, my book. Uh, majority decision, like I said, for Josh Delgadillo. Moves to 4-3, and three, gets his record above 500. He was under 500 just a couple months ago, coming into the Underground Show. Now he's uh, ran off two wins in a row over two guys that are very good. Uh, Cody Noel drops to 1-1. One one. I thought both guys fought a good fight, man. It was, uh, it was one of those fights where we had just a lot of – it was funky in that we had a point deduction. Uh, we had a point deduction from Noel – in the second round on a um, and uh, what was a I intended to be a spinning back fist uh, referee Chris Bond called that an elbow strike hit. It's really hard to tell um, when I when I was watching it live, it, it appeared like it was a forearm more than it was an elbow. But um, I can certainly see just how Chris thought it was an elbow. I, it was it was all very fast. And when you watch it back on the video, on the video, it actually looks more like an elbow than a forearm. But watching it live, it seemed like it was more on the forearm. But regard, it was so close and so fast that I'm not I'm certainly not faulting Chris Bond here. He takes a point which ended up being a big difference in this uh, this fight. But Delgadillo ends up with a majority decision. This is really back and forth, man. Both guys had dominant position. Both guys had their guy mounted at various times. Both guys had the other guy hurt at various times. And it was a good, uh, in my opinion, a little entry-level pro-level fight. These guys will both be good pros. Yeah, no doubt, man. Delgadillo, like you say, from a guy that was you know upside down a, a month or so ago, <laughs> If, if, if you just randomly said, oh, there's a, you know, this opponent who's he's two and three, most people aren't going to think much about it. But then if you step in there with Josh Delgadillo, you're going to regret taking that fight. Yeah, kid's way better than his record um, shows. I'm sure he's had he's only fought tough fights is, is, you know, the only way I can see that he's lost the three that he's lost. Um, super talented, tough, durable. Uh, striking was great. Grappling was was on point. Um, he was mixing it up tremendously. Um, Cody Noel is is a kid that, that I think is going to be really good um, as well. Great striking. He had great takedown defense um, in this fight. Um, like I said, both guys landed big shots. Um, both guys had to weather the storm. Um, super close fight. Absolutely fight of the night. Uh, and a great win for, for Delgadillo. Um, and, I, you know, like you say, I think both these guys will make – Really, really good pros uh, in the not too distant future, um, if I would have to guess. No one, let's see, actually, Greg took uh, Delgadillo on that one, so he gets the two points there. Next up, we had uh, flyweight 125 pounds as Ray Hewlett from KMA gets a decision over Shamar Perez from Wildside in Clarksville, Tennessee. Two more weird ones in a row, man. And, uh, you know, trying to calculate this shit with, with a head full of uh, Crown Royal. But these two fights in a row was uh, was fairly challenging. Um, so Shamar Perez missed weight. He came in about two point three pounds over, and he was done cutting. He had he had exhausted himself on the cut. So um, it was agreed that he would uh, forfeit a point um, to Ray Hewlett the next the next day as a penalty for missing the weight. And I I can dig that. You know, it's like. These amateurs aren't getting paid, so you can't really dock them money. So you, you, but there still needs to be a penalty for missing the way. The other team's going to take the fight, and there still needs to be 
some penance paid, if you will. So I don't have a problem with it. Shamar didn't have a problem with it. Uh, so a point deduction from Shamar right off the rip uh, in the first round, uh, he, he won the first round. And so that more or less made with the point deduction made it even nine, nine going into that second round. Um, second round, it was uh, it was uh, Ray Hewitt getting a very, very close, close round there. And then the third round, Shamar started turning it on. And I thought we were headed towards a draw, which was, uh, I think if Shamari continued uh, the round like he was, he, he was, then we would have had a draw. But he threw a knee to the head, an ill-advised one, because that's illegal for amateurs. Point taken by referee Caleb Miller. Um, to Ray Hewitt's credit, he didn't just kind of, you know, uh, flake out and say that he was, you know, a lot of times, you know, taking a shot like that, guys kind of know, hey, I get out of this thing, get a disqualification win. So to Ray's credit, he uh, got back in there uh, and uh, and continued. But uh, that second point deduction was, uh, I mean, it's hard to overcome two points in a three-round fight, folks. So uh, unanimous decision goes to Ray Hewlett here after a couple of uh, a couple of uh, errors that I'm sure that uh, that Shamar Perez would like to have back. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't realize that, that the the whole point thing was happening until it happened you know i didn't hear anything prior to the event of that um but i love that idea i don't hate it for pros as well even though they're getting fined a percentage of their purse you know in some of these fights that's a big difference maker when you decide that you don't want to finish the weight cut and you haven't put in you haven't drained yourself necessarily as much as your opponent has you're at less of a disadvantage you know um so i like the 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 point being taken away like you said if it wasn't for that final point we would have had a draw um and without both the points Perez would have won the fight but um because of those two major mistakes two things that you definitely know better than to do um you know he lost the fight for it and shout out to Ray Hewlett man like you said taking a knee to the head like that and then I mean he was it didn't even seem like he wanted that much time to just sit around you know he was trying to, to get going uh pretty quick and it was a flush knee I mean I, I was sitting pretty close there and I saw I had a pretty good vantage point of it, and uh, it was a nasty knee. So um, good job for to Ray for, for sticking in there and, and continuing to fight. And um, for Perez, man, just got to get got to get those little things figured out. Uh, you know, he's been been around for a while, so uh, it's time to get those things sharpened up. Um, Greg takes Hewlett on that to get the uh, two points there. Next up, we had the main event as – the champion Samaj Portis out of Team Chaos gets the first round TKO over Josiah Newton out of Hobbs Jackson Wink in Concord, North Carolina. Yeah, it was hot for this one, man. Like, had a great weigh in, great face off. There was some tension there. Both these guys very confident coming in, watching Josiah Newton stand in the middle of the cage and like eyeball Samaj as he made his walk. I was like, man, these guys are about to go. I was pumped. And uh, it was a great first round. Both guys had their moments. Both guys landed some good stuff. Uh, Josiah able to land uh, one or two that that visibly affected Samaj. And, and I've not really seen Samaj. Um, I'm not going to say he was hurt, but I've not really seen Samaj like kind of like hit like that and kind of and, and definitely say, hey, that affected him for a moment. You know, that said. The experience of Smosh Portis, the, uh, you know, it, it was too much uh, as he was able to keep that pressure on Josiah Newton, who uh, ultimately um, uh, was doing pretty well till he wasn't. Uh, when, once he stopped, there was a moment where he kind of ended up getting his 
he his movement stopped. You know, a lot of his uh, success is going to be predicated on that that foot movement and and him moving around the cage to be able to strike. Uh, he got his back caught up against the cage, and as soon as he did, Samaj, uh, to his credit, uh, showed off uh, that he's got a nose for the finish, if you will, because that's when he poured it on. He really knew when to step on the gas. Two minutes, 25 seconds, drops him, gets the TKO, retains his title, moves to 5-0, and oh, and uh, man, I don't know if he'll go pro yet, but in my opinion, I think his stock is at a high to where you probably should. Um, Josiah Newton, uh, we're only going to see good things out of this kid. He's a young bug still, man. Uh, just very, very young in the game still. Had a lot of hype behind him coming into this win, and and ultimately it'll probably only benefit him uh, uh, this loss because it will really kind of let him know where he stands. And he seems like the kind of kid that is going to shore up those gaps. And I'm sure we'll see an even better version of him next time. Both these guys, uh, very bright futures. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, I think that that'll be something for him to build off of for sure. He had decent moments um, early in the fight. There was a, uh, Samaj kind of went for a shot and Josiah threw a head kick that kind of bounced off the top of Samaj's head. Um, you know, so a couple of good moments there, but man, Samaj is just a nasty dude when he, when he hits you and he can see that he's got you hurt. He's not going to slow down. He throws bombs, he pinpoint accuracy. Um, you know, he, he didn't allow Josiah to get off the cage or move in any, any way. He just was, uh, picking his shots and, and picked him apart there, man, landed some great shots. I, I agree. I think, you know, keep doing it as long as you know, I want to see guys, I would like to see guys like this who have a bright future. I'd like to see them take some really hard fights and, and face some adversity as an amateur so that, you, you know, you don't, you don't get your first adversity as a pro and, and take a loss there where you've already had the opportunity to, to learn from that. I think that this was, you know, a high level opponent here, but Josiah just doesn't have quite the experience, you know, uh, wasn't able to, to, to stretch him out long enough. Um, but, Samaj, man, at, at, if he stays amateur, look out. I don't know anybody around here that's going to be able to handle too much with him. If he goes pro, I mean, it's not, it's going to be a, a sh- very short time before he's knocking on some some big doors, you know, and uh, being able to, to get some big fights. So um, shout out to both those guys, man. It was an excellent fight. Hey, uh, I got to say before you do the scores there that, um, you know, uh, Samaj, you know, finishes over Carter Beekman, Shlomo Boyd. Uh, those are pretty good. Those are fairly solid amateur wins, especially to get finishes. And now I'll finish over Josiah Newton. Um, I think, yeah, we talked about him earlier in the card, but, uh, you know, Dustin Bailey, it represents the one kind of uh, avenue, I guess, that he hasn't fought. Yeah, you know, Josiah Newton, decorated striker, uh, Carter Beekman, solid athlete, banger, striker. Uh, J- uh, Shlomo, probably more a striker. He's got a little grappling, a little wrestling, got some athleticism. But it, to me, it looks like Dustin Bailey would be the first kind of like grappling specialist uh, that, you know, really wants to get it to the ground and get those fast finishes, get those submissions quickly. Like if he was going to do another amateur fight, I've got to think that Dustin Bailey may represent just that one um, type of challenge he hasn't seen yet. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's that that's you know he's he's got wins and finishes over some really really tough dudes and hasn't even faced any adversity really. You know, like his wins over those guys and finishes over those guys where he he came by them. You know, seemingly look like he he did it with ease. And um, so I'd like to see if he can do that with a, a high level grappler too. And if he can, man, better look out. That kid's gonna be a problem. Um, as far as the score goes, both guys take some off for this. Both went with submission, so no extra points there. 
We rounded out the night. Hobbs and Greg both end with 16 points. Oh, wow. So still a two-point gap there. Greg is in the lead with 37. Hobbs right behind him at 35. Man, so, okay. Who would have thought it? Exactly even. And the way it kind of shook out was, I mean, they not all, I mean, there was several where they were different. They just you know, still caught back up with each other. So that's interesting. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week, guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for this edition of the Valor Hour. And we'll be back next week as we get ready for Valor 86. That's at the Camp Jordan Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We are going to crown a new lightweight champion, Brandon McGee, Justin Jamar. Man, that's going to be fireworks. Can't wait for that preview and predictions for that show next week. For my co-host, Justin Watson, I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, signing out for another edition of the Valor Hour. We'll see you next week. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. The, the biggest headline is he crowned a heavyweight champion. And, you know, I got a hot take. Hey, hey, Dana White. Okay, calm down over there. Okay, that's a fake. A that's take. a fake belt he got, and he no, knows I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna, yeah, if I'm if I'm trying to do a Dana White impersonation, I'll just tell just say something stupid about COVID. Or I guess that'd be a Joe Rogan impersonation too. But here's the thing. Here's my hot take. The heavyweight, the interim heavyweight championship, was it a good thing? I don't actually believe that. I think it was stupid. I think it was insane. With that being said, are we stupid? Are people dumb, including myself? Do we need main events on pay-per-view to have this fake championship paraded about to get hyped for a heavyweight type fight? What I'm telling you, Jason, is what is the difference in the atmosphere of that main event as well as the vibrates, if this is just a number one contender's bout. Do you think it's the same thing? Do you think this title uh, really made a difference? The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.